Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Actually, episode number seven. Thanks, Ivan. Uh, fans from the stands, because I'm going to be completely honest, I was going to say episode six. <laughs> I'm uh, your host, Mickey, with my co-host, Ivan. Hey, everybody. Well, I don't want to say I was right, but... You were right. I was right. I called it, right? Yeah. Jay's, uh, Jay's won five. That's, that's a good week. That's a really good week. Um, Jays are rolling. Bats, not so much. Pitching is really doing well. Yeah. Manoa, Gosman, Barrios. Just they're all rolling, right? Even uh, Stripling. Yeah. But we'll get into that in a second. We have lots to talk about today. We have a week of uh, Jays uh, baseball to recap. We have some injury updates. We have some uh, some fun stats to talk about. We have stuff going on around the, we have stuff going on around the league. Unfortunately, we have Trevor Bauer to talk about probably for the last time i would imagine fingers crossed fingers crossed we'll get into that so are you okay with starting off with the uh the recap of the week yeah all right so last week we started we actually watched the uh houston game as we recorded a podcast which feels kind of like back to the future <laughs> what do we do today we watch the houston game before the podcast uh in any event they they started monday off with a 6-2 win over boston which is really unusual for toronto because they won by more than one run. <laughs> uh, they actually, well, I guess the four runs in the bottom of the eighth uh, helps. Brio started that game, went seven innings, giving up five hits, two runs, two earned, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, Simber pitched an inning, gave up a hit, blew a save. Merriweather came in and, uh, sorry, Simber blew the save, but got the win. Yeah, got the win. <laughs> oh, that's fair. You should have one or the other. How do you, how do you like reward someone for, Anyways, uh, Guriel hit his uh, hit a home run, his uh, second of the year. And Chapman was this Chapman's? Was it the, was it the 500 foot shot? Or that was later on? That was later on. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll get to that one. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so the Jays uh, beat Boston the first game in uh, of that series. Then they played on the 26th. Jays uh, win that game. And here's more like it six to five. Again, we're gonna call these guys a cardiac kids. Yeah, I can't take these one-run games anymore, man. One-run games. This was an extras. Um, Jay's pitching for this. That Gosman pitched unbelievable again. We'll talk about Gosman's stats, but uh, he pitched this game six innings, only gave up four hits, one run, which is and nine strikeouts. And how many walks? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say zero. Yeah, just, me too. <laughs> just just to be safe, let me check the stats. Yeah, zero. <laughs> uh, Richards got a hold. Garcia uh, Garcia got blown, blew a save. Uh, he was bound to, he was looking good. He, he, this is going to happen with relievers once in a while, right? You're going to yeah. get a um, blown save and Brucky Romano came in for a save. That's a popular theme. So that was the Jays' uh, second game in Boston. They actually lost on the 27th uh, blowout, which is, again, unusual for Toronto, 7-1. to This game kind of got away from Toronto. They were winning one nothing up until the sixth inning. Stripling pitched really well. Uh, pitched five innings, five give up five hits, one run, one earned, seven strikeouts for Ross. Yeah, did you watch that game? I did. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was really elevating his fastball, and he was pumping in there actually for for Ross Stripling, like 94, 95 miles an yeah. hour. Yeah, he was pitching really well. You know what? And and like credit to him because he was basically a swingman. He had no job at the beginning of the season, and look what he's done so far. Like. He, yeah, he was supposed to be the guy that would kind of do spot starts, right, to give Ryu that extra day and or, or a long relief in the bullpen. But, yeah, yeah he's he's become a very valuable piece to this uh, starting rotation. Definitely. Uh, Richards uh, pitched well, two-thirds of an inning. He only gave up, gave up two walks, a strikeout. Sacedo actually didn't go up a hit, which is unusual. <laughs> well, he only pitched a third of an inning. Merriweather got hit, hit hard. He's not pitching well this year either. No, he's not. Vasquez got hit hard. Uh, and then Francis came in, pitched two thirds, gave up a hit and a strikeout. Yep. Uh, so that was game three of the series. So Toronto needed to win the next one to win the series. And they did. Toronto won. Boston, nothing. That was, that was a boring game. You know, it really was, right? There was, even though it was one nothing, it was just seemed like it was kind of coasting the whole, because the first run was scored in the third inning. Yeah. And, and, and there was like four hits for Boston, six for Toronto. Like there wasn't much happening. No. Um, Manoa goes uh, 4-0. He pitches seven innings, three hits, one walk, seven strikeouts. Like, he is 
I think he's good. He was good last year, but this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Simmer came in for a hold again. Uh, Romano came in for another save. So Jays win that series against Boston, beating teams we need to beat. Again, another te- Houston came in, was coming in hot yeah. for this series. I think they won like their last seven out of eight games or something. And they took it to the Jays the first game. Uh, final score, Houston 11, Toronto 7. This was looking like a blowout for Houston. And then, but Toronto just kept kind of chipping know, away, chipping away, scrapping back. They didn't get, they didn't get the full comeback. Kikuchi got hit hard. Two and two thirds, four hits, four runs, four earned, three walks, four strikeouts, one home run. Um, yeah. That's going to be interesting what they do with Kikuchi. Cause if, if Ryu comes back and Stripling is still pitching well, and they, do you move Kikuchi to the bullpen for the long relief role? And they, they paid three years for him. Now he's your problem. Yep. Um, I'm hoping Walker's working something with them right now. Yeah. But that's a good point. When Ryu comes back, what do you, what do you do with him? Uh, so the Jays lose the opener of that series, but like in typical Toronto fashion, they win the next night. Two to one. <laughs> uh, Barrios pitched well again, five and two thirds, seven hits, a little more hits than he wanted, but one run, one earned, two walks, five strikeouts. He's lowered that year right now to 413, considering yep. he had a bold start to the season. Uh, Simber with a hold, Meza with a hold. Meza looks looking really good again, too. Yep. And Romano with his 10th save. Only taking nine pitches to get that save. So the Jays having to win today. They do. They beat Houston three to two. Great game. What a game. Gosman, seven innings, six hits, two runs, two earned, 10 strikeouts. How many walks? Zero. (laughs) Zero again. This guy is amazing. Uh, Why didn't we get him earlier? (laughs) Meza hold Romano. Romano again is 11 save. Now this game had had everything in it. Vladi... um, so let's, let's just talk about the Jays. Vladdy's, he doesn't look super comfortable at the moment. He's kind of going through a little mini slump. A little mini slump. Um, they're throwing a lot of soft stuff to him, right? Yeah, like change, change-ups. Change-ups and curves and and uh, every nothing in the zone. And and sometimes the ump calls some of those, you know, borderline pitches that should be balls, strikes. and he yeah, gets- that stat today, how many, like he's in the top what, five in baseball that is getting bad calls, basically bad calls against him. Yeah. And he got, he got really pissed off the other day because he slammed oh, yes. his bat. He got an equipment violation. I'm surprised that the, uh, that the commentary didn't realize why the umpire pointed to the bat. Right. Because Dan Schulman is like, I don't know why he pointed to the bat. Why is he like, pointing at him? It's, is he it tossed? No, he didn't get tossed. That's an equipment violation. They get fined for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite the point, though, eh? Yep. Exaggerated, like, over the hand, over the shoulder, point. Uh, <laughs> um, Montoyo point came out and got tossed. I, I don't remember either. Was that actually a strike? Was it? It looked is low, but I think it caught the zone. I think it caught the zone, but I think it, he was more upset about the one, the previous inning. There was a curveball outside. Oh. Of two yeah, and it was outside by about three inches. Yeah. And he just had it. Yeah, he's going through a little bit mini of a mini slump. Bo starting to hit now. Yep. But his feelings last two games has been suspect. Yeah, it's the the last couple games have been pretty bad. He did make that really nice play. Yeah. Today, uh, just ranging right in front of uh, Chapman because they were playing in there. There there was a runner on third, and they wanted to make sure he stayed. Yep. But, uh, and he backhanded it and threw across his body at first. Yeah. That was a really uh, yeah that was a really good play. It just those those uh, routine ground balls that you kind of like. They hit him in the heel, and he's not moving his glove. He's putting himself and just leaving the glove where he thinks the ball's going to go. But you have to always react, and he's not. Yeah, a little bit of work with uh, with Rivera will will help with that a little bit. And maybe Tula will come back and help him out again. He's yeah. doing that a lot of that. He's not standing still, right? He's doing a lot of that running, like kind of circling the ball. Yeah, a lot like Tulo Tulo used to do. Yeah. Pretty interesting, but anyways, he he's hitting at least coming around opposite field homer. But on the on the positive side of the defense, today's game in the outfield. Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah, couple dives by Zimmer. Oh, that was 
Was it dive yesterday or today? Or that was yesterday. So yeah, Zimmer made a couple of diving catches yesterday. And then today. Well, Zimmer made a diving catch, I think, on the, the very first at bat. Yeah. He made a diving catch to his right. And then the one diving catch he made was in his glove in the heel but, and popped out. But, but it popped what out. an effort. Like, yeah. And then today, yeah. Talk about today. So today, um, it was end of the game, the ninth inning. Ninth inning, runner on second base with one out. One out. Um, ball crushed. So uh, Springer was playing right field crushed i didn't think he was going to get to it no bregman bregman hit it to yeah opposite way to right opposite way to right and he just went full out dove made the catch had the presence of mind to actually get up and throw the ball in yeah to save that run yeah that was that was the, that saved the game yep i don't know romano got the save but that's it that saved the game <laughs> and i think we, we had the same same opinion that i when I saw the ball, as, as you're watching on TV, I'm like, there is no way he's catching this ball. It, it reminded me a lot of when I saw Devon White make that catch in 93. Yeah. Like, why is he, why is he even going after this? He just played off the wall. Yeah. He made that catch against the Braves. Um, that was, it, it's funny though. I, Sprinter, when you watch him on TV, or I don't know, or maybe in real life, he doesn't look fast. He doesn't. But he covered a lot of ground, you know, and that's over kind of catch. That's credit to like the the Jays front office when they they needed to get a solid center fielder. Yeah. So when they went out and got one, they knew what they were getting with Springer. Obviously, yeah. they did their homework. They knew that he's he's a solid defender. And I'm sure he's aging a little bit, so he's probably not going to be a center fielder for you know, he's probably going to be center field next year, but the year after that, he'll end up probably getting pushed over to right field a little bit more. But man, what a defender. And they're already trying to save his, his legs, right? You can see yep. like they were playing center field today. And again, good credit to the Jays front office for picking up guys that can play defense. Zimmer's not going to hit, yep. obviously, but he's really good center fielder. Yep. Tapia. Tapia's been I, good. He's good. He's not, not going to bat over 300. not going to crush 20 home runs, but man, he can put contact with the ball and catches it. And so, that's the guy that you need. If you just need a deep fly ball to score a run, you want somebody who's going to put the ball in play. And that's what Tapia does. And uh, we didn't mention Katoa. Katoa got his first hit. Katoa, yeah, that's it. Nine seasons in the minor leagues gets a double. First hit's a double. Good that was for pretty him. awesome to watch. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, and then today we had a new uh, a new guy that we'll talk about uh, talk about in our uh, blue chips and dip. The uh, we're we're nicknaming him. We're gonna we're gonna give him. A, he's got to come up with a mob name. This guy's like awesome. We'll we'll, we'll save that. That'll be a surprise at the end, in the end of the show. Um, but yeah, and I guess, uh, we even had a, one of our fans from our fans in the stands emailed us and said, what a game. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> like, from a guy that's a twins fan. I mean, it must be easy to watch that because it's hard for Jays fans. Oh, the cardiac kids strike again. Yeah. I think, I think uh, from what I saw, I think Minnesota was winning eight, two or eight, nothing over Tampa. Crushing. Yeah. I think they beat Tampa. Buxton looks incredible. Buxton Buxton's a stud. Like that's he, he's insane. He just needs to stay healthy. He's just exactly. had a bad run of luck. Exactly. So after after this week, the Jays are still a game and a half back of the Yankees. It seems like the Yankees haven't lost. Well, they haven't lost in nine games, so nine straight. They're, they're losing today, aren't they? They were they were losing. They won against. Uh, they won. Yeah, they're against down the Royals. I know they came back and won against the Royals. Oh. Yeah. So the Yankees are, are in first uh, with 16 wins, 16, lo- 16 or six losses. The Jays have 15 wins, eight losses. Um, that's that's a tight race up the top of the AL East. That's probably going to be that way the whole year. I- I'm yeah. surprised. I-, I didn't know the Yankees would be as good as they are. I, I didn't think their pitching would hold up. But yeah. Well, we'll find out because who do the Jays play next? The Yankees. Yeah. That's gonna be a good series. I'm really curious to know who they, who of the Yankees played that uh, got this good record against. I'm checking this, checking the calendar here, the Yankees calendar. Yeah. So here, all right. So take the record with a grain of salt. <laughs> S- sorry, but after they lost to Toronto three nothing, they played Baltimore. They won. They actually lost two out of three to Baltimore. <laughs> then they won two out of three against Detroit. And they played, they won three, they won, they swept Cleveland. They swept Baltimore. They just swept Kansas City. I mean, 
okay, you're, you're right. You're beating the teams you need to beat, but let's uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. The Jays have been playing Houston, Boston. Like, come on. So that's the thing is the Jays have had a tough schedule because they're playing good teams, playoff bound teams, and they haven't had a break. No, playing like twenty in a row. Yeah, and what what we were what were they saying? They're saying if they can come out with a five hundred record out of this long stretch, well, they're fifteen and eight. So here's the if you look at the Jays' schedule, so you, you nailed it. The, they're playing the Yankees the next three games, which will I think will be a good test for them. Yeah, they really need their bats to come back. It would be nice to have T. Oscar back for that series, but I don't think he's going to be back. We'll talk about that in a second. Yep. Then they go to Cleveland for four. Cleveland's not great. They're not horrible. They're not horrible. They, they if they like they've got. Um, I was looking at their their roster and they've got they got Jram who's just hitting everything like ridiculous. Yeah, and he's got twenty eight yeah. RBIs, which is like it's a month into the season. He's got twenty eight RBIs. That's ridiculous. Video game numbers. <laughs> and then they've got Quan, right? Yeah, who's yeah. also hitting like almost four hundred. So, so there's we'll see a pitcher on pitcher on those two guys. <laughs> and uh you know well they, they, they were in new york for two then we play tampa then seattle comes into town like the only reprieve we get is cincinnati for three yep then st louis then we're in st louis for two then anaheim which is in who's in first place then chicago like we got a break not till june not till june and i and that's what i thought i thought i said uh they don't play against baltimore until june so that's right so they don't play baltimore for till june 13th so they're going to finish the season with a pretty soft record or soft uh, schedule. So hopefully that plays in their favor. If you've built they, enough lead against they, the hard teams, they finish. They finish their season with three games against Baltimore. Yeah. Well, actually, they, September they played Pittsburgh for three, Baltimore for three, Texas for three. So that's that's good. That's when you can sit some of your stars and let them rest before the playoffs. We're looking way ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about some, some injury notes. I guess the Jays are, uh, some guys are recovering at least. We're not, we're not at the start of the injuries. We're kind of slowly starting to, to get back. Yeah. Uh, so some big names we've got Ryu who is out with a forearm, uh, soreness, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, he threw three innings in a simulated game on Saturday. And one of the batters he faced was Teoscar Hernandez who's also on the, uh, on the IL with a, an oblique strain. Right. And they were, te- they were saying that uh, Tay Oscar was taking hundred percent swings. Wow. That's great. So I, I think last thing early this week, he was just running the bases, taking light swings and yeah, that's good to know. So if that's, if that's the case there, they were saying today's game that it's possible. We'll see him for the Cleveland series. I'll take it. I'll take it. Even if, he, if, if, even if they push it, you know, to the weekend, I'm happy yeah. with that too. Yeah, I, as long as he's healthy, fully healthy when he gets back. I don't think they, yeah. I don't, I don't think they need to push him at all. Yeah. And Jansen? So Jansen caught a live bullpen uh, on Saturday and ran the bases. So he's making progress, still not taking any swings, but um, bullpens, I mean, you're throwing, that's a lot of trunk rotation. So they're they're working him so let's let's hope that he recovers uh relatively quickly so do you think the jays are losing something with him being gone well right now it looks like kirk is like the, one of the top framers in the league he's he was number one at, i think i mentioned this last podcast he was rated number one for low framing strikes because he's so short i'm imagining he's got a lower center of gravity right so it's easier to frame those low pitches yeah but he's he's looked great yep um, which is good. I'm glad in, in, it, he's kind of, so it's showing that he's kind of evolving as a catcher, right? He's used he's still young. Yeah. Um, then you have Zach Collins, Zach Collins and, and Heineman who hasn't really, well, he played a couple of games there. A couple of games and he's a switch hitter. He's actually, he's actually looked pretty good. So yeah. the guys that need, have needed to step up have kind of stepped up just their bats have kind of gone a little quiet in the past. Yeah. Two or three games. So other injury news, um, Kevin Biggio is on the COVID IL and Nate Pearson, uh, who's was dealing with mononucleosis, which I thought that was like something you only get in high school <laughs> <laughs> or grade school, <laughs> but, uh, 
uh, Ross Atkins was saying that he's preparing for a bulky role. So I'm guessing a multi-inning kind of bullpen arm, maybe? That'd be great. That would be fantastic. And maybe stretch him out. He could, you know, if things aren't going well over you or you gets hurt again, you got another option in the bullpen to come out and be a starter. Yeah, exactly. Or if Kikuchi doesn't pan out. He's he'll he's weird the way he'll he'll pitch one really good game and then he'll look like garbage <laughs> the next two. Or he'll be fine for the first run through the lineup and then he just implodes after that. So is there something you're seeing that you think that it's causing that? Uh it's it's hard to say. Sometimes they're saying that he was staying away from his like his out pitch. Yeah, like he's maybe he's not comfortable with it. He's not he's not relying on it. He's, he's got a mid nineties fastball. Yeah. He seems to like not throw enough. Yeah. Goes back to a cutter or a slider again and go throw then throws a cutter. Throw your fastball. Yeah, and I, I think they were saying his cutter is what like gets lit up. So yeah. just stop throwing it. Let's let's not let's not throw the cutter. Yeah. Like, I don't I'm not a pitching coach, but uh I play one on TV. <laughs> stop throwing your cutter. Um, so in pitching we've got Kevin Gosman yes so Kevin Gosman is uh, 31 and two thirds inning into the season and has yet to allow a walk isn't that what and I don't know what this I don't know what the answer is what's the the record is there got to be like a certain like how many innings do you have to pitch without giving up a walk I have no idea, (laughs) but But, I mean, so here's the thing. I hate walks. Nothing drives me crazier than a walk because you always know they come back to bite you. What's our guest last year? What is it? (laughs) Lead off walk. Oh yeah. The low, low off walks. Yeah. She had that, uh, that, that graphic drives you nuts. Yeah. Most innings pitched without a walk come on google so while you're looking for that i mean so gosman we we picked up as a replacement for robbie ray and i i've got no complaints whatsoever i i think he's just as durable throws just as hard allows way less walks because that was always one of the uh, things that robbie ray just a lot you know he allowed a lot of walks and I mean, look at it so far this year, he's got two, two wins, one loss and an ERA of 2.27. And if you look at Robbie Ray, I think he's two and two with a 4.15. Yeah. Error. And again, we'll give credit to the, you know, I think the GM and the president, they don't get, they always get, they always get the booze when <laughs> things are going well, but man, they obviously knew what they were doing. Yeah. Getting Kevin Gosman to replace, you know, and not signing Robbie Ray. Yeah. I think it's so far as and it's obviously only been a month of the season, but yeah, things have turned out really well. And did you listen to what they said about how he like manicures his blister? Yeah. So what, what did they say? He's got zinc oxide injections. Yes. To uh, to re- to reduce some of the collagen in the uh, in the blisters. He uses a laser pen. I guess it's like a UV laser. I don't know skin treatment kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, he uses Durabond adhesive to glue back nails when they crack <laughs> like why aaron sanchez should give this guy a call but he should he really should and say like hey i've got this issue mind you he's already had an operation on take off like part of his nail or finger yeah. so i found the answer uh it took me a little while 84 and a third innings is the record is the record by bill fisher of the kansas city athletics august 3rd through september 30th 1962 1962, the Kansas City Athletics. Yeah. Wow. So, and how what's Gosman at now? 31 and two thirds. It's got a little bit of ways to go. A little ways to go. Uh, it's a way different era of baseball. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, and I don't think I'm gonna. I'm not sure when the DH. I think the DH came in 74 or 75. So I don't think Bill Fisher was pitching against nine strong batters. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's amazing to watch Gosman pitch. I like watching Manoa pitch. Those first three, Berrios, it, I, I really watched Berrios hard this last this last game. 
Yeah. He's such a smooth, he's got such a smooth delivery. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't get injured. Right. And you can tell that like he's just, everything's so like fluid, fluid. And there's no like jerky. Who was pitching for Houston in the game? I think it was yesterday that like he rocks on the mound for like, I don't know. <laughs> Luis Garcia. Luis gets on the mound for like 15 seconds before he pitches. Yeah. I was wondering. I get that, seasick watching him. Like, is that pitch clock going to affect him next year? It is. I heard. Like, if I was a batter, like, it's, that's got to be distracting. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just gets set when he's get actually in his windup. But I was trying to look at the rules and trying to figure out, is that like, I know he doesn't do it with runners on base. So that'd be a balk. That would be a balk. Yeah. But it's got to be something when you're set, you're like you can't, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's not against the rules. They haven't called anything yet, but man, that is distracting. And it takes forever. It takes forever. It's, it's a good like 10 second routine before each pitch. <laughs> If you haven't seen Luis Garcia pitch, it's uh, it's a treat. He does like the baby rock. Yeah. Then the and rock like, back and forth. Just and then... the left. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then finally delivers a... So watch Dancing with the Stars first and then watch uh, <laughs> and watch Houston Astros game. They're pretty similar. Uh, different costumes. And Romano. Let's talk about Romano. Yeah. So the, the Jays have won how many games now? We said 16? 15. They've won, we've won 15 games. Romano's got 11 saves. <laughs> that's, and, and that's why our hurt can't take anymore. <laughs> we were talking with Ivan today over the, watching the Texans over this game. And I'm like, I just, I can't take it. Like, I just, I can't take this. It's like with that Springer catcher, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Man, like give my heart a rest for a bit. Can we, have, like, can we win another game by like eight to one or I'll even take three runs. Right, we're like we're twenty three games in. There's still like a hundred and forty something left. <laughs> so, are you still concerned about um, Romano's usage right now? I am definitely. I, I, there. It's like every other game he's pitching. I mean, he's got eleven saves. It's uh, he's got one blown save. He's he's doing well. It's not that he's not doing well. It's just I'm worried about his health. I mean, if you you overuse him. He's going to get to a point where he's going to be ineffective and we need him. If we're going to make a push in the postseason. I don't know why they use him today. And I only, I know he only pitched nine and nine pitches yesterday. Yeah. Today he pitched 20, but we got New York coming tomorrow. Exactly. So why are we, why are we pitching him today? Yeah. I mean, I know you, you have other options. Um, I don't know. Uh, and I, I want to say, I think Charlie Manuel's Charlie Manuel. <laughs> how old? How old am I? <laughs> like, who's Charlie Manuel? Uh, <laughs> Charlie Montoyo, I think, actually listens to the podcast. And I say this because remember last year, and we we're like, wish that guy would get some fire under his butt and get yeah. out and like actually argue some balls and strikes. Yeah, he's got tossed like t- twice in a week. <laughs> He's finally listening, like, except for the drinking and driving, he's finally listening to Pete Walker. Yep. Like, good for him. That's funny. The mics were pretty hot yesterday when they're, uh, they're no, tripping. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was kind of watching it on low. So they, um, the, the mics were pretty hot. They were chirping the umpire. That was when um, Vladdy got a bad call in his one at, one at bat. Yep. And the umpire turned around and he said, I'm not going to do this all night. That's enough. And then Montoya's like, I didn't say anything. He's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Pete. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I think there was a graphic today. The Jays have been the Jays specifically have been like screwed basically on calls. Like we're yeah, getting yeah. really really getting the short end of the stick here. Uh, and last last night specifically for Vlad, he's got to be frustrated. The, the yeah. pitch he did slam his bat in the turf was a strike. But, but it was it was a buildup. It, it, it's because the two pitches before that, the curveball, three inches outside, wasn't a strike. Yeah, that sets up. I mean, then now you're in the hole, right? Yeah. Now he's def- now he's swinging defensively instead of being aggressive. And but Charlie, yeah, he saving his player, right? He saw Vladdy slam the bat, and yep. then the, <laughs> then uh, who's Dan Schulman, who's usually really good. It's like why is why is the umpire pointing at Vladdy? Is he thrown <laughs> out of the game? <laughs> and, and, and why was he pointing it was a equipment violation yeah yeah you so can't you, slam your you can't slam your helmet you can't slam your bat it's what like yeah. a couple thousand dollar fine or something, something like that yeah uh yeah so that's that's why he was pointing he's pointing at the bat not 
not Vlad, but uh, good for Montoya to come out and defend his yeah. player, right? And, and good on Vlad for not engaging the umpire more. Yeah. Because that would have gotten tossed. But he just he was, kept. He used to do that when he first got called up. Yeah. He was like, he was known to like, he was chirping the umpires. Yeah. He's kind of stopped that lately, which is good. Any other Jays standouts to you lately? Well, you know what? Tim Meza. I, wow, I, yes. I called him as being a breakout last year. Yeah. Um, I was a year late <laughs> or a no, year I, early. I think you were maybe half a year. Yeah. Half a year late because he struggled, not even struggled. He think he was hurt part of yeah. last year. And then when he came back, he was lights out. He lights out. And, and he's pitching great this year. He's a great lefty pitcher. Oh, yeah. And, and the fact that it, he's effective against righties means that it works well, right? Because now pitchers have to face three batters. Right. Right. So it's, it's good that he's able to handle righties and, and not get, you know, lit up when he's facing righties. So you can keep him in, you know, if you got a couple, if you got a lefty righty lefty, you can keep him in for all three batters. He's looked, he's looked great. The whole bullpen. I, I know they're only rated 16th in all of baseball, but that's based on ERA. And as we were talking, like Sacedo's getting lit up and Merriweather's had some bad outings, which inflates their ERA, but really yeah. this bullpen. Cause you've got Richards. Richards has got an ERA, like a one point something. Yep, 1. Um, you've got Simber has got an ERA of two. Uh, Mesa has got an ERA of one and a bit. I think one now. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, oh, I mean, it's a great bullpen. The last half. I, I, I think I said this in a couple podcasts that I wasn't a big Richards fan. And then we gave up Telez for him. And I thought as far as relievers go, he's kind of vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, it's all right. <laughs> it's a little ice cream. I mean, yeah. he's okay, but really I watched him pitch his last couple outings and he's got a faster fastball than I actually thought. Yeah. 95 miles an hour. Right. And uh, he's just, he's effective. Yeah. And I'll take vanilla. Same. I mean, you, I mean, it's nice to have shut down bullpen, but every once in a while you, you gotta, you know, you gotta get some guys that you can use to just, fill some innings when you're down by five or three or four or whatever. Um, and on the hitting side, Espinal, I think is obviously, I think we can safely say that he's taken over second base. He's definitely taken over second base. He's timely hitting. He's, he's solid defensively. Very solid. Yeah. Um, Bo, Bo's trying to come around hitting wise. Hopefully his defense picks up Chapman. Chapman hit that bomb. Off the facing of the fifth deck at the Rogers Center. Just shy of the Conseco like seat. Yeah. Uh, good for him. He crushed it. Uh yeah. And everybody's kind of Tapia is doing his thing. Zimmer Zimmer's just playing defense. Defense, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Springer, two dingers like that at night. It's team it's, once they put everything together. Yep. Watch out. All right. I guess we'll move to our around the horn segment. Yeah. And we'll start off with what we hopefully will be the last time we'll ever have to talk about this um, guy. <laughs> trying to be politically correct, this uh, individual. Um, so Trevor Bauer was announced this week by Major League Baseball that will be now he'll be suspended because of the domestic violence policy for two years. Yeah, so 324 games. He's already been suspended for almost a year. Yeah, it was. Um, they call it what a a leave. Yeah, administrative leave or administrative leave. It's the longest suspension by Major League Baseball in their domestic violence policy. Yeah. So he's appealing it. He's He's appealing it. He will appeal it. And will it and I'm I'm curious, will it change? And this is where this is a very ethical debate. And then if if anybody's got any suggestions or ideas, feel free to email us at fansmanstands at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our Facebook page but um so he was there was never any charges brought forward in court no charges were dropped but he still gets two-year suspension from major league baseball yeah what are your thoughts on that well i so i know of situations where people have been suspended so one that i looked up because i remember this because he played for Boston. It was Stephen Wright. He was the knuckleballer for, uh, for Boston. He got into a loud argument with his wife where he didn't make physical contact with her. Police were called. He was arrested, taken away, just released, and no charges were, were pressed. He was suspended for 15 games for that. 
and he didn't appeal it because he just felt like, you know what, it's, it is what it is. I'll take my licks and we'll kind of move forward. So obviously major league baseball's domestic violence policy has some leeway to basically allow them to suspend people, even though no charges have been brought forward. There's precedence there. So to give you some context, yeah, and it's not uncommon for someone for police to be called for an argument. Yeah, I mean it happens. It happened more often than you'll you'll ever know, right? Yeah, especially uh, living in an apartment building or a close close neighbor hears yelling, they call the police. We go and investigate. Yeah, um, doesn't mean anybody's getting charged. It just means there's a there's a report that has to be put in. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm guessing Stephen Wright probably at that point felt more embarrassed than anything else and said, okay, it's, yeah, I'll take my licks. 15 games is, you know, probably something that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Poor heads should prevail, right? Walk away. Um, Marcelo Zuna, same, same thing. Marcelo Zuna, no charges were laid. Probably could have been, but they weren't. They were dropped. <laughs> and he got, yeah. And he got 50 games. Yeah. 25 games, something like that. Um, I think one of the reasons is, I think part of the policy is, does it bring a negative light to the major league baseball? Yeah. Does it put it, does, does it put major league baseball in disrepute? Right. Exactly. And, and the actually, fact that this was so widely broadcast all of last season. So I actually looked up cause I'm, I was really curious. I looked up the domestic, the domestic violence policy from major league baseball. And let me tell you, that's a fun read. <laughs> no, it's not. In case, in case you can't pick up my sarcasm over over a podcast, um, it's very legalese and dry. It's it's very much like if you ever read the criminal code, that's what it kind of sounds like. Mm. Um, but what it does say is that it, specifically, it says uh, charges do not need to be laid by law enforcement, and it has, all it has to be shown is, is a pattern of abuse. Right. So, in this case, Trevor Bauer, although wasn't charged. And you can argue this, it was consensual or not for, I guess, Major League Baseball's investigators determined that it wasn't. And they can, they have that right. They're yep. an independent source. Um, they, so that, that's, 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 that's exhibit A, I guess you could say. And then this new girl comes out and uh, alleged allegations that Trevor Bauer auto, like, anyways, sorry, I'll, I'll finish my thought. She puts allegations to Washington Post, publishes her story like what, four days ago, same, almost the same type of behavior that he was um, accused of with, with, with exhibit A, right? Right. So victim, victim B and victim A have similar stories. Right. Of course, Trevor Bauer goes on social media right away after victim B uh, gets her story published by Washington Post, calls the, basically the author of the, the article, piece of garbage, doesn't know what he's doing, and she's just after money. So there, there's your pattern. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's what caused the two-year suspension. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it's really hard to put in a word. I don't, I, so I, I could play a devil's advocate and, and I, I would never want to try to defend Trevor Bauer. Cause I, I think, I honestly think when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you can, if you want to keep saying all these people are after money all the time, it's crying wolf, right? You said it once, okay, oh, you know what? I might believe you. Second yeah. time, eh, you're less likely to be, be believed. And I know he's got text messages to back up some of his stories, but she's got text messages on the on the contrary. So it's there's always a little bit, there's always the truth in the middle, right? Yeah, exactly. So I could I could argue on Trevor's behalf, and Trevor, like I know on my first name basis. <laughs> I could argue on Trevor Bauer's behalf and say, well, there's no charges. How do they how, how could they possibly know if there's no charges? That police couldn't lay. How could? Well, you don't have to. You don't have to. It's like Maybe. working for an. It's like it'd be like being a police officer. Let's say you don't have to get charged with anything. You you have to follow a certain code of conduct. Yeah. And you don't follow that code of conduct, you get charged under that specific police services act. So you don't follow major league baseball's rules. Guess what? You're being suspended under major league baseball rules. Yeah. Right. So so now he's appealing it, and <sighs> here's what I'm thinking is going to happen is they're probably going to let him be suspended for the rest of this season. Yeah. And they're going to count the games that he's missed last season. Like time served. As time served. And he'll probably be back next year if the Dodgers want him. Well, that's it. Will anybody pick him up? Yeah. I don't think so. 
it's so, i mean yeah you, you, you know you know about unions right yep. i mean is it is it your obligation to like defend this guy i mean as much as i'm sure the union doesn't want to because yeah but it's your obligation to right it's your obligation so you, basically what they'll do is they'll just get a lawyer and get that lawyer to deal with them that's it that's all here that's it is it. right that's we, we did our due diligence here you go yep. exactly um, yeah uh after i saw that the second article and i saw trevor bauer's statement i just thought mm-hmm. you know i'm done with, i'm done with him i'm i'm, I'm done yeah. But yeah, let's move on to some happier, uh, happier things like Kevin Kershaw. Speaking of the Dodgers, how's yeah. that for a segue? Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw breaks the Dodgers' all-time strikeout strikeout record. Yep, uh, he did it against. I just saw it happen too. Oh. I'm drawing a blank. Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Detroit. He did it in the fourth inning. Um, that's a. Uh, and the former uh, record holder is Don Drysdale, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was like way, way before Kevin uh, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, but he also had four thousand innings to do it in. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? When you're talking about like this is a big record, and it's not like the Dodgers are a new franchise. Like this is a storied franchise. This goes back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I I always considered myself lucky to see this guy pitch because he is masterful in the way that he's pitched even at his age now like he pitched great last year yeah and um you know what good for him good for him yeah. i uh, he's uh the more i watch him pitch the more i like i like his pitching yeah you know we said that we've said this before on the podcast unfortunately we live on the east coast we don't get to watch i don't at least i don't get to see a lot of west coast games because i'm not staying up at 10 o'clock at night for four hour games <laughs> Um, barely staying alive for until 9 30 to watch the Jays play. Um, but yeah, he's he's a it's kind of got that herky jerky motion, that slow curve, but yeah, that tricky lefty, right? Yeah, he's fun to watch. So, congratulations to Kevin Kershaw. I know he's listening. Uh, <laughs> moving on <laughs> to more news the New York Mets threw a no hitter the other night, combined no hitter. Uh, that was uh, Tyler McGill, Drew Smith, Joeli Rodriguez, Joeli. Seth Lugo, Edwin Diaz combined for, to no hit the Phillies. Like I said last year, I think you're going to see a lot more of this combined yep. no hitters and just no hitters in, in general. Uh, and it's not like they're facing a, a sludge of a team either. They're facing the no, Phillies. Yeah, you're facing uh, you know Bryce Harper, Olin, uh, not Olin Hernando. You're facing Joel Real Muto. You're facing uh, uh, Reese Hoskins. Hoskins. You're facing Cast- Castellanos. Yeah, Hoskins and Castellanos. Schwarber, yeah, <laughs> yeah some. Did you see Schwarber's uh, losing it on Angel Hernandez the other night? Yes. <laughs> wow. How, how does Angel fast- Hernandez still have a job? Well, right. How does he have a job? How? It's... So, for those of you who didn't see the game, it was a one nothing loss. I think. Yeah. And it was. It was a runner on first, I think. If I remember correctly, and two with two out in the ninth, and they he called Schwarber out in a pitch that was about four inches outside, or yeah, four inches outside and like two inches off the ground. Yeah, it was just it was awful. It was awful. And he's such a bad umpire. He he is, and so here's here's the thing, right? So in, for those of you that don't know, Hernandez has been one of the worst umpires for as long as I can remember. He actually sued Major League Baseball because he felt it, they were uh, they weren't allowing him to pitch or to umpire um, postseason games or in the World Series, and he said that it was racially mo- motivated. But in their response to the uh, lawsuit, uh, Major League Baseball just said that his performance wasn't up to par. <laughs> so. Obviously, Major League Baseball knows he's a terrible ump. I don't understand how they allow these umpires to just keep umpiring games without any kind of repercussions. So I have the uh, the scorecard here for that game against... Um, uh, how do I get it open? So I think again, he allowed it... 0.74 runs in favor of... Uh, uh, who are who are the Phillies playing against that game? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. 
don't know how to open this up. Anyways, um, 14 accuracy. Yeah. 39 consistency. Like, he's, I wish I could open up the whole entire thing. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just bad. It's just a bad look. So here's the thing, right? And that's where a lot of people are asking for the automated umpires, like the automated strike zone umpiring. And like we and I have, we've chatted about this and we like the human element, Yeah. but there comes a point where, I mean, five inches outside is really far out. That's such bad umpiring. But to be fair to umpires, there's a, I think a stat yesterday or was it yesterday or yesterday, the day before his game? Yeah. Two umpires missed one pitch each. One pitch each. That's incredible. When you that, think of all the pitches that are and all the calls that are going through, um, that's and did, did you see their pictures? Because yeah. they look like they're just in their 30s. Starting they're, out. They're young guys. Maybe that's what you need. Like, yeah. You got good eyes, right? And that, and that's one thing that they were saying is you've got <clears throat> umpire. So here's the thing. There's no like mandatory retirement or anything like that. That's why you got like cowboy Joe West who umpired until he was like 98. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's no, there's no like succession planning. So these umpires stay f- for a long time. And then you've got these young umps that are stuck in the minors that are like fantastic umpires. Like these two yeah. guys. They were and they fantastic call. I mean, it's because they get more work. I mean, they need more work. And you're right. I think it's many, it, it's, <sighs> You hate to force people out of a job, but I mean, this is a very like you need you need eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> like not to be like I don't know how to put this any bluntly more bluntly, but you need eyesight to, to do it. Um and these guys, I was like Joe West, I think he was he was done. Like, come on. Yeah. What it, what it, what's I don't know what I don't know what your thoughts on this, but I, I find they've gotten a lot of calls right lately on um you know when they've uh, appealed the call. Yeah. Seems like they're they're getting more and more right, which is which is nice to see. It's good. I loved. I loved today's. I loved today's replay in the Jays game. Just to go back to the Jays when uh, it was Goodrum was on first base. Yeah, and it was a ball in the dirt. It was a splitter in the dirt that uh, Kirk blocked. He was. It was like Goodrum was breaking towards seven second. It was coming back to first. Kirk threw back to Vladdy at first, and because Vladdy's right-handed, caught it on the backhand. No wait. No caught it on his front hand. Had yeah. to swipe from behind. Yeah. So. He actually beat Goodrum to the bag on the swipe, but he wasn't there. Yeah. So he goes to swipe and he swipes upwards because that's your natural reaction, right? You're swiping the you're swiping your glove down and then it's going back behind you and hits Goodrum in the helmet. Yeah. And they call them out. Yep. And as soon as he and as soon as the play was over, Goodrum steps up and like shakes his finger, no, 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 no. Like there's no way and show the replay. And yeah, yeah they got it right. They got it right. Yeah, it was great. Um, so that's nice to see, at least. Yep. Um, I like the human element. I mean, it's fun to argue, but it's fun to, you know, I should say this now, it's fun to make fun of Angel Hernandez because it's not affecting my team right now. <laughs> it's all it's all fun in games until he umps your team for a well, Until it's like, you know, a, a game that determines whether you go into the playoffs or not yeah. and he calls a strike that's six inches outside. Well, wasn't it a couple of years ago? It was a, a series, Boston and New York. And yeah. he had three calls overturned at first. Yeah. Like first it's yeah. first base. It's not like you're calling balls and strikes. You got one job to do. <laughs> and again, how could like he, is he so? He must be so oblivious to the fact. He must be so full of himself. Yeah. To think that he's that good. Yeah. And and the Joe Girardi. I think Joe Girardi even said it. He's like, when these things happen, it always seems like you're involved. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, where, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah. Like, anyways. Uh, Moving on from umpiring, this is well, kind of. Uh, Austin Austin Hedges is the catcher for the uh, Cleveland Guardians. He's got a new. I guess you can program these 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 pitch calm buttons. So pitch calm is the new like, uh, you know, uh, no sign stealing. Yeah, pitch calling, no sign stealing, uh, fandangle technology yeah. that uh, you know we talked about this last last podcast where you can press a button and it tells you where to pitch and what, and what location, and in different languages which is really cool. But I guess you can program the button to say whatever you want to say. <laughs> so Austin Hedges has programmed a button on PitchCom that responds after a pitch with, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 
that's great i think it's that's kind of neat yeah um who's using the i guess they're yeah houston and toronto were using the using pitch calm this weekend series and it, it speeds up the game and what was it um it was against uh boston yeah alejandro kirk dropped his earpiece yeah and the right in front of the boston uh, dugout and alec or cora alex cora yeah picked it up and brought it to charlie montoyo <laughs> which oh. charlie montoyo said this is like all class because they could have heard every single pitch for the rest of the game had they kept it of course alex cora is gonna could you imagine if alex cora kept it <laughs> <laughs> The man who's like the front and center of the trash banging scandal in Houston yeah. keeps that and listens to calls. <laughs> oh my good! Oh, he's got to turn it back in. There was no, there's no like he can look all great or whatever, but he had to. Like, there's he's no, probably he's probably thinking he's like, is this a trap? Like, is there a camera on me? <laughs> exactly, exactly it. Impractical jokers are they around? Because like he had to. There's no like, oh my gosh. What do you, you think Kevin Kiermaier would have did? No, he would have with it. the card last year. Yeah, well, yeah, he would have passed it to his manager. I mean, like, here you go. <laughs> um, well, that's a great, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was, it's funny how they're like kind of adapting it, right? So before it was on the people's catcher's wrists, now they've like got velcro to their like shin guard. Yeah, and some of them, like today, uh, the Houston catcher Maldonado had it like using it like almost like his fingers, so you get it between his legs, yeah, pressing it like without looking at it, just and then putting it back on his, on his shin pad. It's pretty cool. I think it's a <laughs> kind of fun to see the technology kind of jumping in baseball uh what else we got to talk about and i'm around the horn the humidor oh yes i'll let you start with that you know more about it than i do so i just wish mlb would stop playing with the balls stop like, playing with your balls MLB. stop playing with your balls um <laughs> so just a little bit of history um mlb has a controlling stake in rawlings who is the baseball supplier for major leagues and a few years ago, MLB decided that, you know what, we need to improve the offense. So they made the balls a little bit livelier. And that resulted in a crap load of home runs in 2017-18. And then they're like, oop, we went a little bit too far. Um, so <laughs> we need to like reduce that. Um, and I mean, last year we still had quite a bit of home runs. Um, but now they've gone one step further and they've decided to uh, put a humidor in every single MLB stadium. Right. And that's phase one, because apparently next year they're going to be pre gunked with sticky stuff. Really? Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. They're going to help pitchers up more. So it's, yeah. for those of you who aren't aware, it's major league batting average right now, as it stands today is, 235 which is the lowest since the dead ball era yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, so i i can see like the humidor thing doesn't really bother me i would just wish they would stop playing with the balls because they've deadened the balls it's quite obvious they have well i, I think in pictures like chris bassett had an interview with uh after his game and he's like they it's the inconsistencies yeah right some balls of play said the first couple innings are really good and you get a batch of balls that are really bad for the next couple of innings, and good again, then bad, then good, then bad. Like it's just yeah. pitches are fed up because it's all about the grip of the ball, right? And and that might have to do with the fact that so here's the thing, right? You've got a, a humidor, and the humidor is supposed to equalize the balls across the league because you've got sure. some cities that are just naturally humid, like Miami and Tampa Bay, and then on the West Coast, you got like San Francisco. But then you've got some cities that are really dry, like Arizona yeah. and Texas. Yeah. So you end up with a ball that's pretty much standardized across the league, which I'm all for. I'm for that. That's fine. The problem is, is that I'm guessing that that inconsistency is they probably got balls that are in the humidor. So they come out of the humidor and they go right into the game early in the game, but they probably got a stack waiting in the dugout that tend to dry out. That could be, yeah. And then you're sending those out for the middle innings. And then when you run out of those balls, you run back to the humidor to get a couple more. See, this is where I think I think I, I differ a little bit. I I would I I didn't mind. So I didn't mind when people went to Colorado and it was a slugfest and it was going to be all these and Todd Helton hit three seventy. I mean, they had to build their team differently, right, yeah. in order to win. And there's always 
there's going to be those differences in different stadiums you played in. I, I, I don't, I don't mind that. I did. I don't, because to me, it's like, if, well, if you're going to try to make the, all the balls equal, well, why all this, why are all the stadiums different, different dimensions? Yeah, well, that's true also. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> so if you're going to do, if we're going to try to regulate balls, well, then regulate dimensions. But that, that's what makes baseball fun to watch. I mean, yeah. a home run in Boston to right field at the, Pesky's pole isn't going to be a home run in Toronto or yeah. home, every, every home run in New York is not going to be a home run anywhere else. Like, well, yeah, they had two unicorn home runs in, uh, against Toronto. It's, it's Toronto, right? So, um, uh, yeah, I just, just stop, just make the balls. Stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> just, if, just make the balls. Well, they, they realized they made the mistake because they thought, well, we'll increase the offense by making them springier back in 2017. But what they didn't realize is that it just increased the tr- three true outcomes, right? Which is strikeout, walk, or home run. Yeah. It just basically increased that. Yeah. And home runs don't make the game more interesting. No. You know, it's like those doubles where you got runners on and things like that. That's what makes the game really interesting. Yeah. Or just the way the game's played, right? Like today, yeah. runner at second base, one out, fly to right field, over the shoulder catch. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Guy hitting three home runs and it's seventeen to two. I mean, that, yeah. that's not interesting. Um, in other baseball news, the Reds are three <laughs> and nineteen. Three and nineteen. They've lost seventeen of their last eighteen games, and they're off to the worst start in franchise history. Well, three games in, they're like, "Hey, we're doing pretty good," and then whoop, <laughs> that was that's, it. That, isn't that when their their owner made a comment like, "Well," because they're complaining of the fact that you know they've Started this rebuild again. They traded away Cost uh, Castellanos. Um, what else they traded away? A couple other guys. Yeah, they they got they the re- rebuilding again. And he, the only owner is like, "Well, where else are you gonna go?" That's what he said. That was his yeah. answer. Well, well, you're stuck with us. Where else are you gonna go? Yeah. And uh, ever since then, they've lost 17 out of 18 games. That's brutal. The uh, average attendance per home game. So, who do you think is averaging the most? Top three. I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll get. I'll. I'll quiz you. Oh gosh, I don't know. I know who the bottom three are. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. So, all right. Well, let's let's try the bottom three then. Who's the bottom three? Well, the bottom is Oakland. Yep. Very good. <laughs> and I'm gonna guess Miami and Tampa Bay. No. No. Uh, no. It's actually Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Oh really? The Athletics are averaging. 7,943 people per game. That's ridiculous. That's that's Montreal Expos. Yeah. Um, the Guardians are averaging only 12,303 people per game. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are averaging 13,118 people per game. That's sad. Yeah. In a beautiful ballpark like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a gorgeous stadium. And it's that team, though. Yeah. Anyways, in the top three, you don't want to try? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to guess New York. Okay. And So the Yankees and the Dodgers? Okay, Dodgers are actually number one. Number one? Okay. Yeah. So Dodgers, Cardinals, and Padres. And Padres. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Cardinals. Yeah. So the Dodgers are averaging 48,563 per game. Cardinals, 39,896. And the Padres, 38,310. Where does Toronto sit? I have no idea. That's, uh, you know, people ask me questions what I'm going to do. <laughs> Google. Cause it's pretty, I mean, it's early in the season, right. And we're, we're a hockey crazed town. So of course people are more interested. The Leafs are in the playoffs. So at least for the next four games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and I know that, that historically the Jays have always had a slower, you know, attendance rate early in the season when the roof's closed and, but once the temperature warms up, the dome's open, people. So as, of, as of um, today, the average attendance, in the Jays is 31,516. That's pretty good. That is great. Let's hope that's hope that continues. That's a good trend. Yep. Uh, they rank third. Actually they're up to the right third out of 15, 15 teams. Nice. Must be the American league. Yeah. And then they're, Estimated payroll is $165 million. Ooh. Hmm. Wow. 
worth every penny. What do you think the average attendance was last year? This is a trick question because he played in two minor league stadiums. What was it? Uh, well, the games that they had in Toronto were like well, sold out, but that was like 15,000 fans or 15,000 yeah. people. So it was probably 7,000? 10,000. 10,000? And that ranked them 12th out of 15 teams. <laughs> it still wasn't last. It wasn't last. <laughs> wow. Actually, the Jays are on pace to have one of the better seasons for home attendance. There you go. Good for them. Yep. Uh, we'll move on to our blue chips and dip. Yeah. So the guy who said we're going to name, give a uh, a nickname to, I personally like, so the reason we're going to give him a nickname is, is we're going to talk about Vinny Capra. Played his first game today in, in the majors. He sounds like a mobster. So we're thinking... I don't know, Vinny the Bat Capra. <laughs> Vinny the Bat. <laughs> Vinny the Bat Capra. Uh, I don't know. Any other ideas? Vinny, uh, Vinny the Blue Jay doesn't sound. No. Sounds like a, sounds like a kid's TV show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, I watched a, watched a commercial today with uh, on Sportsnet and had the Blue Jay doing this, like picking up coins and then going to like for dollar toonie hot dog or loony hot dogs or loony hot dogs yeah whatever happened to bj birdie i don't know do we do we all remember bj birdie he was the like, he was the kid bird he was he was oh no he was like the mascot remember like the 80s and 90s like before these new fandangled so we have ace now but yeah, i thought ace. i thought bj was was uh i thought he was like the junior one no like bj birdie was like the mascot oh was he or like they got rid of him <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of came through anyways Vinny capra for those of you who don't know who he is he's the uh, 19th ranked prospect in the jays uh system he was batting 304 in the minors 304 377 478 and 77 plate appearances he's a uh he's listed at 58 i don't know if you saw him standing at the plate today i i think they were I think, did he, was he was he they embellished a little embellished and not maybe maybe fight with cleats on <laughs> uh i should talk i'm not very tall either but uh, he's got a great eye uh, at the plate striking out just 10.4 percent uh and he's had a walk percentage of 28.6.2 in the minors yeah so he's played everywhere right he's played uh um i think everywhere but right field if i'm not mistaken he's kind of like he's that's right. Oh, that's right. He's played uh, shortstop for 50 innings, third base for 63.2 innings, and left field for 33 innings. He's only committed two errors. Yeah. One at short and one at third. So kind of like a utility guy. Yeah. I don't think he's going to stay up here very long, but... Uh, I don't think so. But I think as long as uh, as long as Kevin Biggio is out, he's, he's going to fill in yeah. for a while. And then uh, good righty bat off the bench. Good He's got, yeah, I think he's got average speed. Can play, can play anywhere. It's kind yeah. of like, he's like Katoa, basically. Yeah, and he's he's well, he's twenty five, so he's not young, young anymore. He's, but he, he's from Australia, Melbourne, uh, yeah, no, Melbourne, not. Florida. Oh, I think he's from. He said Melbourne. I was like, he's from Australia. <laughs> well, forget that. I look like an idiot now. it's from florida i know it's melbourne florida who knew yeah anyways came from the same college uh, i think it was virginia played in virginia richmond virginia yeah same college as the first base coach for the jays bazinski bazinski yeah great name weird looking dude but good name (laughs) (laughs) anyways anything else you want to uh, talk about before we no i think that that pretty much settles it i think well since we talked since we did our uh our guesswork last week we should try again for this week so the jays are playing uh we said the yankees uh the yankees for three then cleveland by the time we do this podcast next sunday maybe yeah so it'll be uh yeah they'll play that game so seven games what's the record Hmm. i'm gonna think they're gonna Take two against New York and three against Cleveland. Ooh. Ooh. All right. I'm 
I'm thinking five and two. Okay. What about you? Uh, four and three. No, no, I'm not doing it. Six <laughs> and one. Six and one? Six and one. There you go. Jays are going to sweep the Yankees, lose, one, lose the first one in Cleveland, and then win the next three. Yeah. And finally get a well-deserved off day. I know, right? They get two this week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. They get two next week. Monday and Thursday next week. What are they gonna what are they gonna do? I don't know. You felt like with all the, with all this like so much time for activities. Spa day. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Mickey, and I'm with my co-host Ivan. Have a good week, everybody. See you next week. Have a great week.